can we stay in touch with the human in each other? A potent question asked by my soul brother and today's guest, Luke Cohen. Join me and Luke for an insightful conversation that will take you on a journey beyond the veils of illusion and back into your hearts. In this jam-packed episode, you'll learn how your coping and defense mechanisms are impairing your ability to communicate, the importance of becoming undefended in your communication, why we have to stop mistaking values for worldviews, the difference between idealism and embodiment and why that matters today. While we fear stillness and how that fear plays into the current state of our world, why normality is a form of insanity, and the process and importance of individuating oneself to achieve autonomy. Luke Cohen is a heartist, storyteller, mentor, and ecopreneur with over a decade of experience empowering individuals, groups, and movements. He serves as a self-mastery guide for entrepreneurs and change agents, offering advanced healing work and consulting for leaders and organizations at the intersection of social impact entrepreneurship, new systems change, environmentalism, and universal wisdom traditions. As an, as an artist, storyteller, and influencer, Luke is helping shape a new cultural narrative and spreading a positive message to a wide range of listeners, crossing genres from hip hop and spoken word to neo soul and future folk. Luke's essence is that of a tribal person devoted to empowering community, nourishing the global village and reigniting humanity's soul to help create a world that works for everyone. This is such a beautiful and potent conversation. And I truly, truly hope that it lands in your heart today. And if it does, please do share this with a friend. If you dig this podcast and want to connect outside the podcast, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter at I am Ruby or join my telegram at rubyfremon.com forward slash telegram. You can also find Luke online at Luke Cohen and if you prefer text, text hashtag potent truth to 1781-336-0160 to stay in touch via text message. And of course, don't forget to grab a copy of my book, Potent Leadership. It's available on Amazon everywhere, or you can head to potentleadership.com. Whether you're a loyal listener or you're brand new to Potent Truth, please take a moment to drop a rating and review on iTunes and download a few episodes while you're there. Now it is time to learn the importance of embodying ruthless compassion in a triggered world with my soul brother, Luke Cohen. Beyond the narrative, underneath the veil of illusion and deep within your center, therein lies potent truth. Welcome to Potent Truth where today's leaders, change makers, and light carriers come together to question the narrative, arrive at potent truth, and lead with sovereignty. What is potency? It's who you are beneath the masks, facades, and protective gear. It's the medicine humanity yearns for, cries out for, prays for, and needs. 
Your potency is what sets you apart, magnetizes your following, and creates movements. Join me, Ruby Fremont, for weekly guidance, channeled messages, and potent conversations that will take you on a journey of self-discovery. I am here to guide you to a place of unraveling the programming that's been keeping us stuck for generations, unlocking potent truth and expressing it through sovereign leadership. It's time for change. It's time for potent truth. Hey leaders, I am back with another episode of Potent Truth. And on today's episode, I have a very special guest, a soul brother who has recently, and I mean recently entered my life, but with such a fucking impact. And I'm so excited to share him and his presence and his wisdom with you today, as well as dive into what is feeling to be a very potent, deep conversation. Luke, welcome to Potent Truth. I am beyond grateful to have you here today. Uh, such an honor, Ruby. Like, what an epic journey we're all on right now. It feels like the perfect time to converge. It's, it's yeah, it's really exciting to be here. Hey, everybody. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting with, with everything that's happening, with the timelines uh, doing their thing. And we actually first connected when you were in Bali, and then now you're in Austin, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, everything, everything always happens when it's meant to happen. And I strongly sure. believe that we're meant to meet people at certain initiation points in our lives. Yeah. And this past year, I've met more soul family than I have in my entire life. Mm. You yeah. know, it's like, we just see each other now. There's no more bullshit. There's no more illusion. Mm. We're all breaking free from this matrix and we're able to like, really like see each other and feel yeah. each other. And mm-hmm. yeah. So it just, it, spirit never ceases to amaze me in, in mm. regards to who shows up Sure. on my yeah. doorstep of Instagram or whatever the channel <laughs> may be. Yeah. <laughs> all the different ways, including the digital. For sure. Yeah. Including the digital and just some context for our listeners. We had some issues getting online to record this today, which of course we did because we're about to dive into some deep potent shit. So (laughs) buckle up family, because we're about to go on an incredible journey of of truth and disillusionment and (laughs) Luke, one of the things that I absolutely love and respect about you immediately, I saw this immediately is your ability to transcend the, uh, the reactive energy that we're seeing on all sides of everything right now, you're able to transcend that and really just share from, from your truth, from your channel with such heart, which you know, I can do that. And it can feel really difficult at times, given the circumstances. I'd love for you to just share more about where that comes from. You know, the the journey that I've been on in my own personal healing and personal development, um, the particular lineage, lineage of bioenergetics therapy that I mentor in and, and also carry for my clients has been the gradual process of dismantling our coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms. And I think that that 
has allowed a, a space that exists in me that's an undefended space. It's just, it's a soul space. And when we can speak from an undefended space, um, that's really like heightened communication. You know, when two souls can sit and, and come in, into an undefended space, that to me is, is, a, is a grounded version of heaven on earth. Two undefended souls. And we all experience it. You experience it in moments with your partner. You experience it with, with people that, you know, are perceived as protagonists. But I think that the journey of, of self-mastery in this time is like, how do we become undefended even with a, with a perceived threat of other and actually share our passion and our truth fully? And so for me, it's, it's, there was a juncture in my life where I had to decide. I, I had to make a decision that I'm going to share my truth no matter what. You know, in, in, in that context, it was with like the divine feminine. It was like, okay, even if this is going to be shameful or painful, I, ha I have to speak my truth no matter what. And that was a commitment I made to myself in, in maybe 2010, 2011. And then when it comes to these things, it's like, you know, I'm an informer. I, I, I inform. I inform into the invisible dynamics that exist between people, between subconscious and the higher self. You know, I tra I'm a translator. And so as a hardest, <laughs> I'm here to translate from through the lens of, of the soul from, from a, from a deeper seat of consciousness than maybe some of the separation based or uh, duality based or personality based lenses. And so that it comes from that space within me that, that, that loves people where they are, even if I don't believe it, believe them, believe, you know, the same thing that they believe, or if I don't agree with them, I can still, my, my, my commitment is still to hold, hold regard for their humanity and their, their lived experience, you know, which is difficult, obviously, when there's such perceived harm happening on both ends. That's, that's our challenge is can we, can we stay in touch with the human and the other? Because once we start dehumanizing each other, that's where it gets into very dangerous and tricky territory. And this is on both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so beautifully said. And that question is something that I, I think is important for all of us to reflect on is, can we stay in touch with the human in each other? Um, you know, it's been since the beginning of, of this uh, amplified duality, I've just found myself ruminating on the fact that, that we are actually all interconnected. We are actually all human beings. We are all humans being in this existence in our own way. And yet the duality, the polarity, the division continues to become amplified. And I love what you said about the coping and defense mechanisms, because it's so true. Like this is what's creating the triggered state of communication. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not immune to it. I find myself feeling sure. those mechanisms come up okay. and and when i do i take that as an opportunity of like hey i need to put on the brakes here and just like give yeah. me for a second like yeah. let me just breathe and ground my energy yeah i often say that to people in this time like hey you know it's if, if you're finding if you're finding the need to convince someone to believe something you're 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 actually not living in the self-assurance of life's intelligence if we actually have to change how someone else thinks to feel safe, there's, there's work there. So like for me, I'm like, Hey, if, if you're having a very strong reaction, it might be more about that. And your work might be more about why you're triggered and how you're triggered than it is the actual content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And and it, and the the illusion at the it's all about the content is where we get just completely lost in the in the in the separation narrative. You know, it's so easy to other when someone doesn't believe. It's so easy to blame. It's so easy to project out. It's very hard to come into self and be like, what am I feeling and why? Where does this come from? Why am I triggered in this particular flavor of of rage or or disdain or you know what grief or whatever is there? Mm-hmm. You know, some people go into their childhood wounds uh, not feeling hurt. You know, some people go into it from a space of they perceive harm. And so they, they feel the need to convince because it's, it feels like the world's going to fall apart if people don't believe what they believe around it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the duality is so amplified right now. And I believe that part of the, the divine intelligence of that is to create enough contrast. You know, it's like the, the, the paradox and the irony of the Democrat, Democratic Republican orientation towards my body, my choice right now. Like, like, the 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 mirror the smoke and mirrors is so amplified that hopefully people can because it's so amplified will be able to actually see it mm-hmm. right <laughs> hopefully mm-hmm. well, that, that's what we're hoping for right that's what we're hoping for is for it to reach this breaking point where things become so absurdly obvious that yeah. people wake up to it and we also both know that the you know, the psyops and the, the manipulation run so deep, you know, um, it runs so deep, the propaganda, the brainwashing, all of it, it runs so deep beyond just our existence in this generation. It runs through generations belief that authority knows best for, you know, that authority demands our respect. Like we, we get to just respect without question. Mm-hmm. And um, this is what we're seeing now being broken, the illusion yeah. being broken by, by yeah. some. And our hope yeah. is that we will see more. And it's, in, you know, it's interesting when you said sharing to convince people. I've, I've said from the beginning, like, I'm not sharing to convince you. I'm not mm-hmm. sharing to per- persuade you at all. Yeah. I just want to, like, share this information that is otherwise being censored. That's yeah. it. I have no yeah. attachment to what happens. Yeah. And um, once you feel that attachment or the expectation, that's when things start to really hurt. And it, is, yeah. it starts to become heavy and drag yeah. you down and drag you yeah. under. And I feel like that's what we're seeing on, uh, on a mass scale from people on all sides of the sure. equation. Right. And then that's creating the disconnect in our ability to communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting too, just on the, even on the personal level, like, you know, this is what you're talking about is the energy that is splintering families and, and friendships apart, you know, and that's, that's always a really strong indicator to me that there's something really big up, you know, when, when people that have so many shared values are now like, you know, unable to talk to each other, there's something, there's something off there. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, like being able to discern and differentiate values versus worldview. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a loss, there's a loss of, of, of connection happening because these platforms unfortunately have been weaponized and, and because of how defense structures or, or coping mechanisms hook into belief systems and worldviews. It's, it's, it's very hard for the majority of humanity to be with the question more so than an answer. Mm-hmm. And so the, the mystery is really important at this time. 
to be willing to not know, to be, to have a healthy relationship with the unknown and where authority and the blind obedience of authority and the way that society and then the way the consciousness is playing out right now, it's, it is like, um, there's a lot of people doubling down on, on, on those systems because of the perceived safety, comfort, all the things that they're going. So the, so the other worldview now is, is, is threatening because it threatens a, a perceived way of life or a perceived way of being that has been heavily invested into. Like I was, and I find myself having these, these personal conversations because there's people that, you know, regardless of the side of the fence they're on, they, they love me and respect me enough. And they know I've done enough work on myself that they, they, there's some inkling towards like, I'm curious how you feel about this because I'm having trouble. And, you know, I, like I have a friend who's, who's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's received the shot and he's very, um, strong supporter of that choice. And he's also, you know, pro-choice. Like he's like, mm -hmm. I also, you know, and he's like, you know, he's like, man, I feel like our dialogue is really important. I feel like I'm representing the, the integrated spirit, uh, scientific community and you're representing the integrated spiritual community. And it's just so good that we're able to, to share differing beliefs and, and opinions and, and, and not go into making each other wrong. Cause we, we, we're both committed to love, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of contradiction happening because people's, value systems and what they say they're committed to and then their behavior are not matching up right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of irony and paradox and, and juxtaposition happening. Well, here, I want to ask you a question about this. Cause I've been sitting with that wondering mm -hmm. the same thing. So I have always been a firm believer that our values are, are like the, the blueprint upon sure. which we build our entire lives. And yeah. for a huge chunk of our life, we think we know what we value, but we don't. Yeah. It's just what's been projected on us. Then we go through mm -hmm. our own awakening and then we sure. uncover our true values. Yeah. And yet I'm noticing the same thing. Like there are people who, and this is the question, the people who say they value one thing, but then behave in a different way that, that, contra yeah. that contradicts yeah. their values. Yeah. Do you think it's because they actually aren't clear on what they value. They actually value something different or is it something that is interfering with their belief system? It's, it's a more of a worldview issue and an embodiment issue than it is a value system-based issue because there's people on either side of the fence that perceive harm that have the values of unity and have the values of love and the values of, 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 uh, tolerance that are that are practicing hateful speech and intolerance and um, and so it's it's not that they're it's it's the difference between idealism and ideals versus embodiment. So when when the subconscious has still has unresolved material, we can have a really strong ideal that we're working towards. Like whether that's in a spiritual context, and you're like, I want to get to this level, and that's what I'm committed to. And then in the personality or the the coping mechanism construct that that north star starts to create an identity of someone on that path of the north star and then this is how that personality looks and functions in the world and then you have the unresolved material in the subconscious that's underneath right mm -hmm. that we that gets more suppressed because it it counter counter indicates the ideal mm -hmm. so people invalidate themselves or try to invalidate date each other because the unprocessed wounding or the unprocessed subconscious material literally contradicts their own ideal 
And so what's, what's happened is a loss of humanity. We all have our slice of the sacred wound and we, and, and we're living on a triggered planet right now with the core wounding of the collective Mm -hmm. and our version of it, our slice of it is up for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so the worldview clash is more to do with identity than it has to do with the, the content. The content becomes the indicator. The content becomes the, the catalyst for where the unresolved material still is. And that's on either side of the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that are doubling down into the societal norms, they're getting the group thought justification and same thing with the fringe. Mm-hmm. And it's creating, it's creating more, more separation into, into either camp. And so how do we actually come into a place of regard for someone that believes something differently or, and, and let's say like a step up from regard is even empathy. How dare I say empathy mm-hmm. for the other if, until we can actually have empathy for some of our own unresolved pieces. And we start to actually meet the wounded places and come and like learn to actually love it, meet it. The other will always be easier to other until we're meeting that other in ourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the initiation or the collecting initiation or invitation is to start to see self in the other mm-hmm. and and it's very confronting to do that because if we do that it's it the the ego mind believes that we're making them right or or that we're wrong and if we're wrong or the other's right then then you know fill in the blank then i'm not safe or i'm you know like whatever that like it contradicts all the ideals so again the the unprocessed shadow material of everyone <laughs> is being projected out onto the movie screen of life right now in one of the most nuanced and wildly complex ways that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Because I, I've studied this stuff for a long time. And I've seen it play out in, in relationship and community. And it's just, it is just astounding to me to see how it's playing out in the collective now. But it's good news because the, the shadow material is actually being poked, where it's easy to brush it under the carpet, brush it on the carpet, numb, check out, disassociate, invest in these external things and, and avoid the work, avoid, avoid the material. But life is like, nope, we're in the evolutionary process right now. So we're going to start to jolt you in the unresolved places that you have inside of yourself. And what does the ego do? Ego does. It goes, fuck you for poking me. You're wrong. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to make you the enemy and shadow project and other you, because I don't want to ever even assume that it's me mm-hmm. or something inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> That would be self-responsibility mm-hmm. and that, and that is a very difficult path. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, like you said, we're, we're seeing this on a collective scale. It's, it's everyone's shadows, both individual and collective being projected right. into the world at this time. And we must be willing to own a piece of that mm-hmm. and, and not just blame other people for it for what's happening in our world like we all own a piece of this this is all us like this this is our shit that's being projected our and um it's why now has been the most potent time in my opinion for self-work you know for us to heighten our awareness um, for our own behaviors to get become inquisitive with ourselves to question and get curious about our behaviors our, our decision making why we do the things we do how we show up what what energy we're carrying at all times because that curiosity helps us peel back the layers of protection 
that we've built, the different sure. personas, the different identities to mm-hmm. really uncover who we are beneath all of that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that is such important work for us to do. Like you and I share a vision for where humanity is going and a lot of our listeners do as well. And it's like, mm-hmm. the way that I see it is we're returning to the land. We're returning to the earth. We're returning to a place of community, of, yeah. of tribal union, of mm-hmm. being able to sit together around a fire and eating food that we've just grown. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what we're returning to. But in order to do that, we need to be who we need to be to create that. Yeah. Like we cannot yeah. do that with the programming that we have been carrying for generations mm-hmm. to live in this fucked up hustle, do more, be more, get yeah. more society. Yeah. Constant consumption. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, and I think that's the hardest thing for, for most people is the slowing down and the, and, and dare I say stopping even the, the deep pause to connect with, with the living stillness of creation. That's actually underneath this whole play. There's a, there's a profound stillness and emptiness. And what happens when people get in touch with that for the first time, they usually start to grieve because they feel all the buildup of energy and all the ways that they've defended themselves, all the things they've done to try to survive reality and cope with the traumas and the pain. And they get still for the first time they grieve Mm -hmm. because it's, it's, there's a saying, one of my mentors, when we get off the battlefield, then we can grieve. Mm -hmm. And so most people they're in survival. They're just, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, even if they're like a millionaire, you know, so I've, I know millionaires that are functioning in, in a very advanced level of survival consciousness. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they don't know how to stop. Their nervous system is in go mode all the time. They don't know how to turn off the mind at night. They don't know how to, to, to get into stillness. And the lifestyle that you're talking about, that our ancestors lived in, which was in a harmonic with, with, with nature and, and Earth's intelligence, there's a state of beingness that doesn't require any persona it's i'd say it's more archetypal it's like we life's still going to move through us in particular ways like we still might be compelled to to share a song or you, you might, might be yours to do to, to plant the food someone else might be doing you know whatever is, is genuinely theirs to do like how life uniquely moves through them but the the managing of perception is gone mm-hmm. of having to be somebody mm-hmm. And, and the return to beingness is very, very difficult because the entire setup of this modern society and the way that our world is functioning and the stacking of coping mechanisms on top of coping mechanisms from generations of trauma, whew, there's, a lot, there's a lot to dismantle to come back to a pure state of beingness. Mm-hmm. It's very unfamiliar. And that unfamiliarity, especially if there's not tools to gr- like to understand grieving, like people f- will fight it at all costs. Mm-hmm. Every human being no matter where they are on their spiritual journey, on their path, is having a conscious or unconscious negotiation with stillness. How much stillness they can allow themselves to feel or resist. And that's, that's all of us, myself included. Every single human being is either unconsciously or consciously negotiating their relationship with stillness. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that so deeply because the, since 2019, I have been in my own... Um, destruction of the old internal programming and paradigm of the do, do, do busy quote unquote type, a personality hustler, get shit done 
pride myself on getting shit done. High achiever syndrome, I call yep. it. I have it too. And yep. <laughs> that I took that and and went into the jungles of Peru and all of a sudden was completely detached from technology, from yep. electricity, from yep. everything. Mm. Um and sleeping on a single moldy as fuck mattress that was probably like two inches thick uh, (laughs) you know and it and sitting in dieta and my biggest struggle for the first five days of my 14 day stay there my biggest struggle what i cried the most about and it sounds insane to me saying this out loud now but this genuinely was the thing i cried about every day was i i don't have anything to do I would, I, I found myself getting the broom from the kitchen yep. and like just cleaning my Tombow, cleaning my hut. Cause I was like, I just need something to do. But by yep. the end of that trip, I could lay for hours in the hammock and do nothing. Yeah. And it was such, uh, it was probably the, the, the deepest, most profound reprogramming Mm. I've ever Mm. experienced in my life, because that Mm. has, it completely shifted the way that I operate in life and business. Yes. I came back and completely changed my business. I'm still constantly changing it to create more presence, to create more stillness, to to create more just being. Yeah. And it is the greatest struggle for humanity right now to be with that. It's so confronting, you know, on my 40th birthday, I told you, like I, I decided I would be alone mm. and completely unplugged in a tiny cabin. Mm-hmm. And I did that and it was confronting, but yeah. I knew it was going to be confronting. Yeah. And I knew that that was the medicine that I needed. And I, it's also the medicine that humanity needs right now because yeah. This is the, I just see everyone on this hamster wheel going and going and going and going. And even now, even those who claim to be leaders, but you're still on the hamster wheel. I see you. You're still running everything the same. And the real work is for us to be willing. That's the thing. That's what I wanted to say. I say all this to say, there must be a willingness to be in that stillness or to want to learn to be in the yes. stillness. And I feel yes. like it's the willingness that is lacking. W- willingness is everything. That's how you can resolve any conflict with another person. If there's no willingness, it's incapable. I love this story where you're saying you, you had a return to beingness and you felt deep peace there. And that, that's a piece that's, that's very indescribable. Someone needs to go through their own lived experience of having that level of, be- of beingness and, and feeling that level of peace. Now, when the ego construct is dependent on stimulation in order to exist, it feels like annihilation mm-hmm. to have stillness. Mm-hmm. It does. And all the emotions that are stacked underneath that have to get felt. And those feelings are very threatening to that ego surrender because it's designed to prevent one from feeling. It's actually, it's, it's a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm just that, that, that real. So in order for people to, to have the willingness to do that, they need to see the value in it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a culture set up to that values presence or stillness or peace as a, as a focus, as a value system, as a, as a priority, the, the culture is not set up that way. It's set up, it's set up and designed to keep us in stimulation, to mm-hmm. keep us in separation, to keep us in the hamster wheel. At all costs, really, because mm-hmm. if I stop, I'll die. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what it, that's what it communicates to the nervous system. If I if I get off the hamster wheel, I will freaking die. Mm-hmm. It's not true, but it's true for the for the for the ego mechanism, you know. And so, you know, we're 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 gradually starting to build context around these things. We don't we don't have the context for it as a as a collective. Mm-hmm. The the way that that becomes valued and where the willingness arises from is through the the process of initiation, which is the context of leaving one identity to a new and, and how the nervous system and reality changes and how we process information changes. Now, the, unfortunately for the majority of people, how that happens is through a breakdown, mm-hmm. the loss, the loss of a loved one, the birth of a child, uh, an accident, you know, a, a peak psychedelic experience, or spontaneous spiritual experience like those those are the things that interrupt enough of the familiarity of the daily like people are merged with their ego and personality in doing this that that's who mm-hmm. they think they are so they don't they don't they're not perceiving themselves as a, as a soul or as consciousness and so that takes that like huge hit to pattern interrupt the consciousness to see oh wait like there's actually something else here mm-hmm. and so i think the being on a trigger planet and like all these we're, we're in a massive pattern interruption and and now everyone's shit's coming up all their unfelt feelings are surfacing <laughs> they have to sit with themselves you know you're like everyone was grounded for a year you know go to your room feel your shit and mm-hmm. and yet at the same time technology is ramping up so there's also the escape route and so each individual has to decide and and make make an informed decision there is peace on the other side of, of the charge of emotional experiences that you're carrying for your whole ancestral line. The epigenetic trauma has been passed on to you. You get decided to be the one to clean it up or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's your choice because it's absolutely unsustainable to stay on that hamster wheel. We know it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at the brink of ecocide in certain areas, like literally ecosystems are that, you know, Atitlan in Guatemala is in the first stage of a dying lake our reefs are, are, are dying. And so the message that I keep giving is let's not wait for it to get to our backyard to make the change. Mm-hmm. We've been so funneled into the separation in our own little four white walls and a TV and, you know, perceived safety and perceived control that we're not aware of how much we're, we're all connected and impacting each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the fires that happen and with the floods and other things, it's like mother earth's like, Hey guys, you know, we're all connected here and you can't keep going down this route. You know, like the, the way that you're living is actually not, it's not sustainable. And so whatever is going to jolt people awake to make some adjustments is that's going to come for each soul uniquely onto them. That's going to be part of their own unique journey but what we can do is we can create more context and we create more culture that is allowing a pathway from the old busyness into the beingness and and from that stillness and i'll share some excitement you know what's awesome about building a relationship with stillness and that beingness when you start to listen because there's a deeper listening that happens from that space more intimacy more pleasure more guidance you know exactly what you need to actually do to take care of yourself there's a, there's a higher quality of fulfillment and connection uh, when there's that peace that comes from that slowness and the soul is awake in the body, reverence happens. So mm-hmm. everything becomes filled with wonder again. You can literally find wonder in everything. And this is, this is what we've lost as a collective is in the heightened busyness 
we've lost the divine child within that lives that would look up at the stars and just be in absolute awe. That's nature. That's undogmatic. We all have that capacity for it. We all know an experience from our life where we can access that and remember that state of wonder, that state of complete awe at the beauty of life and the beauty of nature. That's not lost. Every human being can, can get back to that space. You know, but we have to decondition a bit in order to reawaken. And once that reverence is there, that's how we build the new systems. You, we can't build a new system or a new culture or a new world that doesn't have the soul able to listen to the intelligence of nature informing how these new systems are going to operate. It can't come from a mental construct overlaying its reality onto life and trying to say, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's, how it's supposed to be. It's, it's actually a joining with the natural intelligence of life itself. And that, that is very difficult because it requires surrender. It requires letting go of control. It requires aligning with the current of the river and, and, you know, not building a whole strategy that's, that's clinging to a very thin branch. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's what our minds love to do. You know, our, our minds love to operate upon the programming that we've either inherited or, or been subjected to, or taken on as some form of self-preservation technique usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this is what leaves us saying, but like what my heart's saying doesn't make any sense. It's not supposed to, yeah. you know, because what we call sense, it's kind of like what people used to call normal. That, yeah. who, that, that was normal, what we came from. I don't think so. I think we've got shit twisted. Yeah. I think what we're, we're going into is, is how humanity has been meant to, to live, but what we were living and how we were living, that is not normal. Yeah. It's the furthest thing from normal. It's, 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 uh, there's a collective agreement around that norms are set forth, you know, and we look, we learned a lot about, a lot about this in, in, I study, I minored in journalism after, after nine 11 and, and losing my brother-in-law, I was really like, what, oh, how did this happen? Why did this happen? And I went down a rabbit hole into journalism. So like a lot of people that are on the polarized side, they like assume that my worldview some, somehow formed overnight from like, like YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. And actually my worldview was informed massively through through whistleblower journalism at a time where it was still taught in, in our universities before those very aware professors became terrorist sympathizers and that's no longer we were no longer taught critical thinking mm. in our universities um at that time i was reading things like dea whistleblower articles of like how we smuggled you know uh, heroin back in, in GI body bags in Vietnam and like how crack was brought into the ghettos, uh, to, mm -hmm. to suppress the, that community. And, and when you start to get exposed to those things, um, it starts to that disillusionment of how society works and who like, you know, it starts to happen. And, and so we're seeing, we're seeing the full ramping up of that, obviously. So the, how far we've actually come from the garden, like how far we've actually wandered from the garden is like, that's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a series of episodes, right? Mm -hmm. We can, we could, we could spend hours talking about all the distortions that have happened since the, since the dawn of time that pushed mm -hmm. us out of, and all the misinformation and, and, and false history that we've been giving his story, those who win the wars, write the history books, right? So we don't, a lot of our attention and focus and consciousness has been, has been driven and funneled into specific norms with a, a lot of intention behind it. So the normality that, that 
it's actually a form of insanity has been, you know, is, is, is so far, so far from nature, so far mm-hmm. from our inherent nature. And that's, what's being defended. So when people, you know, people talk about like, I don't understand why my friends are defending these corporations that have obviously caused a lot of harm on the planet. It's because the consciousness around it, it's like, it's similar. I call it the agent Smith syndrome. It's like, you know, if you've watched the matrix and you watch movies where, where, someone is like, they're seeing something that they shouldn't see. It's like a glitch in the matrix, like, you know, Neo or Trinity's running and is like leaps. And like someone sees that they start to glitch out. And in that, in that glitching, the Smith can come through, which is designed to maintain the matrix at all costs. Right. So that will come through people that, that, that aren't willing to change or willing to examine their worldview around how, the world works and are maybe very, 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 very attached to what normal is or whatever normal means. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will become defenders of that, of that matrix. And yeah, it's an interesting side tangent. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and we're seeing that and um, you know, for, for many of us, it, it didn't take much for, I'll speak for myself. It didn't take much for for my thread to unravel. Like it usually just mm-hmm. takes one thing, one question, mm-hmm. one one item of curiosity that you're willing to get curious about and question. Mm-hmm. And once you question that and start looking into it, then another question appears and another, and all of a sudden yeah. you've got this this thread and this giant barn, uh, ball of yarn that you've been carrying around your entire life and you're just yeah. unraveling it and unraveling it and unraveling it. And that's all it takes is just like yeah. that one moment, that one question and, Mm -hmm. and that, that moment of willingness to really look into that. And, you know, that's for me, I feel like that's, that's the one thing that I hope for is for everyone just to have that one moment, not even for others, but for themselves. Like for me, Mm. when I felt free enough to question things, that was my own internal matrix that I, I escaped that I got out of and returned yeah. back to myself. That was like a reclamation of sorts mm. that feels so empowering to know, like I have the power to question things. I have the power to make, to decide what's best for me. Sure. You know, I have that power. And for so long I was giving that power away. Mm-hmm. That That's my hope for, mm. for people in our world. Is yeah. to, just to come to that point, like can to bring people to get people to come back to that place of just sovereignty of really understanding what's theirs yeah, so that we can stop giving away like these pieces of ourselves to, to those in quote unquote authority or perceived positions of power. It's like, it's kind of like a toxic codependency. Oh, the most toxic relationship of all time. Yeah. And, and, and that's, there's disillusionment in order to break that cycle, there's people that stay in marriages that are miserable for 20 plus years because the unknown or the unfamiliar is more threatening. Even if there would be a more fulfilling partner, they will find ways to justify staying with it. They're addicted to it. The nervous system actually gets addicted to it. So, you know, if you've ever dealt with addict behavior, you know, or you had an addicted parent or toxic parent, I mean, that's essentially what what the world's looking at is, is, is very manipulative toxic parenting. And the, child consciousness that has been abandoned 
through the doingness and all the other things projects out ideal parent onto mm-hmm. these political systems or authorities. And it's, it's kind of like a Stockholm syndrome. Uh, you know, why everyone's in a trauma state, they're getting neuro-linguistically programmed and bombarded with repeat phrases that eventually land in the subconscious, which if you haven't done your work to build a relationship with your subconscious, you can't tell when you're being programmed or not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a huge psychological, multi-dimensional uh, m- situation that we're actually in. And, and similar to you, my hope, it's like, I, I know what it happened for me. My, my body had to break down for me to change my life. Like I literally had a full healing crisis and I took a poll in 2020 to, to kind of help spark some hope and faith and check in with my, with my following. I was like, what, what got you into your spiritual path? And it was the same answer. It was like a horrible breakup. I had to look at my pattern. Uh, I had a peak psychedelic experience. Um, I had a near death experience. I lost someone I love. Uh, I went through a divorce. I lost my job. Like there's some major life transition that happens that interrupts the familiarity that gets you to question. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see, oh, these are the areas I've been, I've been beating myself up or there, here's the areas where I've been, you know, giving my power away, all that. Like, so I think there, there is like a, a perfection to what's happening in its own way as, 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 as painful as it may be for some and as scary as it may be for others we couldn't keep going the same direction we were going as a, as a, as a species. It is fully unsustainable. And now that everything's ramping up, we're be given, we're given this, we're at this juncture point where sort of the breakaway civilization is happening and, and you can re-opt into the old system and it's more controlled, you know, uh, you know, being at the teeth of, of government, mommy and daddy, you know, supplying you your allowance or you individuate. Mm-hmm. And individuation is very painful for a child, you know, when you have to wean yourself off the, off, off a uh, breast milk, you know, like if any parents out there know this, especially if they've gone against some of the norms and, and like breastfeed their, their children a bit, a little bit longer, or the, you know, there's different ideas about parenting around how to do that well. Right. And so, but most parents can say when you, when you, you have to wean a child off the, off the breast, you know, if you just do it, it's like cold Turkey can be more difficult. Um, this is similar. Like the, the process of individuating is, is painful. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a fun process to individuate. And a lot of people, it's like, if there's, if there's threads of codependency and unresolved codependency, it's more likely that they're going to opt back into the system because that's what they were taught. They were modeled codependency. They were shown that by their family, by their parents, by their family structure, the societal structure reinforces it. Disney reinforces it. So we have a whole system of culture that's actually completely and utterly codependent Mm -hmm. and so this this ideal of sovereignty or i prefer autonomy because the other word can be very uh triggering to Mm -hmm. uh those that would seek to keep us you know in a slave consciousness um to achieve autonomy and individuate we we have we have to go through the 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 path of of our of our sacred wound we have to pierce into it and see and it's Mm -hmm. a divine setup like we literally came into this earth completely dependent on our parents we are like you won't survive without that dependency mm-hmm. you know you, you're in a womb you're birthed and there's an umbilicus and then you inherit your mother's lymphatic system and nervous system and then you're, you're constantly looking back to them if am i safe as you explore your environment and the stages of development happen in the nervous system those get imprinted 
those are stored in everybody. And that's not cognitive. It's before language, before the cognitive mind turned up. So those early years of development set up so much of our personality traits in ways that we sense make reality. And mm-hmm. for most people, the trauma that's still there, they, they will never consciously touch. They, they've stacked coping mechanisms on top of coping mechanisms on top of coping me- mechanisms. So to, to actually individuate and break that pattern of codependency, we have to go back through that, that womb all the way down to, the, to, the, to when we were in utero and what was being imprinted in our consciousness by the conversations around us to, to how safe our mother felt before they birthed us into this world to, you know, all that's in there, in all of us. We have like imprints in our nervous system that are not cognizant, mm-hmm. that are in the body, that in the, in the cells. And so, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's beautiful to me and also intense because what a setup where we're completely dependent and then we have to, as an adult, go back through time and recapitulate all the parts of ourselves of where we were running these programs of, and, and, you know, essentially just, just coping with coping with the, the intensities of life. So the path of individuation is not, it's not a glamorous path. It's not like there's no one that's going to come and save you. That's really the, the, at the end of the day, every child consciousness thinks that they project ideal parent. They think someone's going to save them. Uh, so something is going to happen like that. It's just not, it's not, it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. We have to become our own heroes. We have to, the soul has to reparent the child of the nervous system and bring it into wholeness to step away from this, this parent projection, these codependent patterns that we've, that are completely toxic. So anyway, I'm kind of saying the same thing. I just want this to land to understand that we've been given the setup as an initiatic path as souls. Souls get to choose that. They either stay, they stay in one sort of flow or, or they evolve and, and individuate. Yeah. So, so important for people to really understand right now. And, you know, in, in the path of uh, individu- individuation, individuation, there yeah. is the, there's a couple of things. One is, is cultivating self-trust and the other is cultivating safety from within, yeah. you know, because we've been literally trained programmed inherited um external sources for safety external sources for trust and so this is a return uh, a relearning or for many of us learning how to trust ourselves learning learning and learning something new yeah right and learning how to cultivate that sense of safety because everything external that we think is safe the house, the money, the vehicles, the stuff, the authority, the the insurance, like all these the things that are exp- the blah blah right. blah. That, that's all an illusion. Yeah. That is yeah. all an illusion. And those can be taken away at any point in time, as we're seeing right now. Yeah. And so it's you know, I'm I feel so grateful to have gone into the jungle in November of 2019, November 2019. Because that was, I went there one with the intention to, to learn how to be with myself again. And two, I came out with the biggest lesson, which was learning how to trust myself and learning how to Mm. cultivate safety within myself, which was Mm. huge. Had no idea what was about to go down in the world, but I definitely, I feel like I was prepared for mm-hmm. that and it's in it and witnessing other people in that um in that space of like 
lacking safety, wanting to reach out for safety, lacking trust, wanting to reach out for, for sources to trust. It's this chaotic dance that we're witnessing in humanity right now, but I have so much compassion for it because I've, I've been there and I know what that's like. And it's so difficult because of just how programmed we are, but it's also, this is the dance. This is the chaotic dance. That's going to get us to where we need to be. Yeah. This um, is the initiation slash invitation from life to either grow up or not. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to individuate from mommy and daddy and become a, an adult soul? Or do you want to cling to the survival mechanisms and create separation and, and perceive perceiving the other as threat and all the, mm-hmm. all the things that have been going down through generations. We're also on a multidimensional level in the echo of timelines. Mm-hmm. So all the unresolved karma and emotional trauma from world war ii and fascism and what happened with that all the unresolved trauma of colonization on the planet all the unresolved you know trauma and simultaneously there's an echo of a timeline where after the plague came the renaissance mm-hmm. right and so mm-hmm. the thinkers and the thought leaders and the the artists and artisans you know we're meeting in these small groups sort of you know, experiencing this, this shift in consciousness post-plague and we're templating some of the things that became part of that, mo- that whole movement. And that's what a lot of us are doing in our little clusters where, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were forced to stop and slow down during it. And that gr- created an opportunity to create really coherent, intimate bonds with, with souls that were actually can meet us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been happening all around the world during 2019, 2020 into this year is, is there's people that have had a deepening of connection in ways that they've never experienced a deeper safety in their relationships because they, they, they weren't being distracted with large group gatherings and things They can go really deep with a set of people. And what happens, they start to heal trauma. They start to bring ideas forth and create new businesses, new ideas to meet the times. And so I, I believe that we're at the, the dawning of a new Renaissance. That's, mm-hmm. that's, avail- that's at least available to humanity if we choose it. Mm-hmm. We are at the dawn of a new age. I, I mm-hmm. a thousand percent believe it, yeah. know it in my soul. Um, Luke, we're reaching the end of our recording and I feel like sure. I could talk for Yeah, we're just getting started. Yeah, we're just getting started. Truly, fam. Yeah. We are just getting started. It's a good warm-up, good yeah. warm-up podcast. <laughs> but um, if there was context, one, one yeah. potent truth, like a very succinct something that you want to leave our listeners with what would it be? Yeah, there's a, there's an invitation from life right now to align with the self-organizing intelligence of nature. And I think it's important for people to know that we, we don't have to, we don't have to go backwards. Like you can have, you can have the internet in your yurt, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> You don't have to like, we don't have to go backwards. Um, so don't be afraid of, of that. You know, like the, the invitation from life is to actually innovate and find the best practices and the best tools for, for all of it to thrive. So um, I think, you know, what I would say is, it, is as we go through this sort of bifurcation process is to find what is uniquely your purpose within it. Your, what is life inviting you into? What is, what is the clarion call? from creation that's saying, Hey, this is what you need to step into. This is your piece of the puzzle because we need a participatory, participatory culture. Now that, you know, we're all being asked to participate 
And so bring your peace. You know, your peace is needed. It's wanted. Life is asking for it. And just to really find and pay attention to what that is. And, you know, you'll find the others and we'll plug and play and, and collectively birth this, this new renaissance. Mm. Beautifully stated. Luke, thank you so much for, for being who you be, for, for sharing your presence and your wisdom and, and just mm. the lineages before you with us today. And I so appreciate you. I so appreciate your perspective and mm. your ability to communicate with so much love and compassion during these times. Um, thank you so much for being here. It's a joy and an honor. Thanks for having me. I look forward to having more conversations. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah. for everyone listening, if you want um, more of Luke, I've got his links in the show note, but you can connect with him on Instagram, Luke Cohen, and his mm. website, lukecohen.com. Again, those links and more will be in the show notes. Yeah. And that's the Cohen with a K. With a K, C. yes, yeah. with a K. K-O-H-E-N. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to everyone listening, thank you so much for joining Luke and I on another episode of Potent Truth, where we are taking you on a journey to challenge illusion and lead with sovereignty. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. Please leave a rating and review on iTunes. And be sure to connect with us on social media. Feel free to share your biggest insight with us. And check back on Monday for a brand new episode of Potent Truth. Aho family. Sweet.